Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. I'm going to uh, be going through various scriptures today, so not one particular scripture passage. The first one I'm going to look at is Psalm 73, 26, to kick off uh, the message today is hope. So that's Psalm 73, 26. My flesh and my heart fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Now, I know today in here and also listening, there are people whose flesh is failing. Some have had operations and they're hurting. One is our own Pastor Joe. But there are other people that have had some serious operations and they're hurting. A buddy of ours, Gary, walking his dog yesterday. Dog uh, Winston pulled him a couple times and tore a muscle in his arm. Not pulled it, tore it. So he has to have an MRI tomorrow. Uh, Tony, our buddy Tony, had an operation probably almost two weeks ago, 10 days ago. He's been in pain for 10 days. 10 days. And you know, and I know when we're in pain, boy, what that does to your mental you're physical, you're spiritual. And here we have in the Psalm 20, uh, 73, my flesh and my heart fail. But God, but God, that is awesome. We can always say, but God. Where are you today in your walk with the Lord? All of you individually, I'm asking that question, including myself. Where am I? If not at this moment, where will I be tomorrow if I'm still on this planet? Because there's no guarantee of that. The strength of my heart and my portion forever. Forever. Not once in a while, not during a certain season, but forever. I want to talk two looks at the definition hope. One from a secular viewpoint and one from a biblical viewpoint. Huge difference, guys and girls. Huge difference. I hope I didn't offend you calling you guys and girls, because I'm used to doing that in my gym classes. So you look at the secular hope. It's a wish. It's just a wish. It's the strength of a person's desire. You know and I know we've had strong desires, but that doesn't necessarily fulfill in what we want, correct? It didn't always work out. We could wish all we wanted to, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. And then you have the biblical hope. Confident expectation of what God has promised. Not what you dream or I dream, but what God has promised. How well do you know the promises of God? Do you know them? Do you cling to them? Do you apply them? Our strength should not be in how we feel, how much money is in the bank, what is going right or wrong, but it should be in his faithfulness. Our strength should come from the Lord's faithfulness. And you, 
you guys and girls who have been walking with the Lord for a while, you have a resume, don't you, of God's faithfulness? Maybe you young people don't yet, or you have just a couple things on your resume. But as long as you keep walking with the Lord, you're going to have a complete resume before you go to heaven. Because everything God wants to do in your life, because he's the author and perfecter of your life, he's going to do it. You got his word. <clears throat> we went whitewater rafting one time, and some people fell out of the raft, and also some got stuck on the rock. Their raft got stuck on the rock. So one of the guides came back, and he said, everybody get up on the rock. Well, thank God there was a rock because of the white water. That could have just swept us down. And people could have got hurt or killed. But we had the rock as a safety. Now, through the white waters of this life, today, tomorrow, what rock are we standing on? Is there a rock? Yes, there is. We know that rock is Christ, right? The Bible says the rock is Christ. My dad um, was in World War II, and I was born in 1952, so it was after the war. But my, uh, my dad was stationed at Pearl Harbor the day after it was bombed. Now, when things go wrong in your life or my life, whatever it is, doesn't matter what it is, wrong is wrong. Whatever happens, it throws you off your game. What happens? What is your reserve? What, what goes on in your heart, your mind, your head, your spirit? What takes place? You look at this picture of Pearl Harbor, and I think, well, what are those guys that maybe were in the water swimming, hoping? What was my dad thinking way back then when he was called by his superiors and said, you have to go to Pearl Harbor tomorrow? What were they hoping Ephesians 6 says, For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, you hear that. A lot of you have heard that many times. But, but, do you believe that that is going on 24-7-365? Now, it might not always impact you right away, right? But definitely does impact you. It definitely hits you. Curveballs come, right? Sliders come in and get you that you're not expecting, right? And then you have to deal with what comes after in your mind, in your heart, and in your spirit. Well, God loves us so much that he gave us a manual, his word, the Bible, that we can go into that anytime, 24-7, 365, to help us deal with those things that are going in our life when things are going good or bad. Maturity realizes it's when it's good and bad. When you're still growing in the Lord, it might just be when things are bad, right? You turn to God's word or to him. In 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion 
seeking whom he may devour. Now, Satan is only one, one angelic created being who made a real, real bad decision. And like so many people who make bad decisions, there are people that follow them. And he had a whole angelic host that followed him. And that's his army that we're fighting against, that you're fighting against. Satan can only be in one place at one time, but he's got an army. He's a prince of the power of the air. He's in control of the world system. He's a manipulator, great chess player. In Psalm 2, one of my favorite Psalms, just a couple of the verses. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing, an empty thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. And notice the Lord as it continues. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. But he who sits in heaven, but God, but he who sits in the heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. The Lord is watching. The Lord knows everything. He sees it all. Everything is just falling right into place according to the Lord's plan. So we have the word hope in today's message. Pastor Joe covered this in Revelation chapter 8, verse 1. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. So here's where we get into your hope and mine. There's a heaven. There's a place. There's a destination that you and I, if we have received the Lord and we follow him and we repent and turn from our ways and follow him, we're heading to heaven. We have God's promise. We have his word on this. And in Revelation 4, 2, immediately I was set, I was in the spirit and behold, the throne set in heaven and one sat on that throne. So just a couple of verses. There's many in the scriptures about heaven. These are just two in Revelation that Pastor Joe is in. And Pastor Paul just last Wednesday was talking about Job. And Job in the Old Testament, one of the great verses of Job was, I know that my Redeemer lives. This is while Job was going through all that death and disease and boils and hurting and criticism. He could say, he reveals to you and me his heart. Through adversity, I know my Redeemer lives. What are you going through? What am I going through that is revealing what's in our heart? Can we say, I know my Redeemer lives. Yeah, things are going crazy, but God, he's sitting on the throne. And I believe Jesus is just waiting for the Father to say, go get him, boy, go get him. And we meet the Lord in the air one day. Amen? That's coming. That's his promise. That's our God. That's what he says in his word. In 1 Peter 1, verses 3 to 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. 
Not a dead hope. Not just a hope. What kind of hope? Living. What kind of hope? I can't hear you. Living hope. It's a living hope. Isn't that awesome? It's not a dead hope. It's not a dead hope. Dead hope is over. Done. Pack them up. It's over. But a living hope. It's a living hope because we serve a risen Christ. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved where? In heaven. For who? For you and for me. It's incorruptible. Can't be stolen. Can't be undefiled. It won't fade away. Dear brothers and sisters, we're heading there. We're going there. These aren't just words on a page. This is not just a Barnes and Noble book you open up and, oh, this is a cool story. They should make it into a movie. It is a movie. It's been played out over the last 4,000 years, and you're the characters in it. And boy, some of you are characters. I'm only kidding. <laughs> and as we continue 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5, who are kept. Now, remember what I just read. Incorruptible, undefiled who are kept by the power of God. It's not you and me going to a gym or how many sit-ups we do or how we eat. It's kept by the power of God, not our power, not our dreams, but by him through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. The game is not over. The buzzer did not go off. We're still playing in the game. And you know, sometimes in a game, you lose an inning or you lose a period or you lose, but then you come back. The momentum starts going and you get pumped. The buzzer hasn't sounded yet. Now, in that word hope, we just looked at heaven a little bit, but there is something else. There is a hell. We serve a just God. We serve a merciful, forgiving God. That's why he came to this earth. That's the good news. There is a hell. And in the New King James Version, hell occurs 32 times. The lake of fire, which is the final destination of all rebellious angels, Satan, anybody who has rejected Christ, occurs four times. And in Revelation 20, 15, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, you might not have much knowledge of the scripture. And you might be saying right now, where do I go to get that book? How do I get my name in that book? I want my name in the book of life. You can't get your name in the book of life unless you accept what Jesus did at the cross for your sins. See, we're all sinners, right? We're all sinners. If I ask you right now, anybody in here never sinned and you went like this? Well, you just committed your first sin because you lied. And now you're in the same boat as you and me. So Jesus loved us so much that he left heaven to die on a cross in our place to pay the penalty for our sins by shedding his blood, the perfect sacrifice. So when we put our trust in him and our hope in him, we're saved. And then all those things that I've already covered, 
become yours. You're part of that inheritance. So that's how you get your name in the book of life, by receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, talking about hope, there is what the Bible calls a blessed hope. In Titus 2.13, it says, looking for the blessed hope. Are you looking? And you might say, well, Pastor Vinny, what is a blessed hope? We're going to get there in a few minutes. Look for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you looking for the blessed hope? Are you waiting for that glorious appearing? Boy, the older I get and the more I see things happening, I'm ready. And the Bible says in Revelation, the spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, and the bride, which is you and me, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're the bride of Christ. The spirit and the bride say, come, Lord Jesus, come on, we're ready. So when we go to 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, this explains the blessed hope a little more. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. What words? Well, as we look at the totality of Scripture, we talk about this is the rapture of the church. Now, I don't know about you and me. I would love to be raptured rather than die. Really, right? That's like a no-brainer remark. I would love to be raptured. Before, we were doing a sound check with a couple of my sisters, right? We were doing a little rapture practice, just getting ready to go up, doing those toe raises, ready to just get out of here. So we practice. We practice. But we're looking for that day. What a blessed hope that is, right? What a blessed hope, because we've all been through sickness and death of loved ones and things like that. So there is a hope. Looking at that second letter, oh, joy. You might have heard this before. Should be Jesus, others, and you. Shouldn't it be others, you, and Jesus? And it's like, are you? Should be joy. It should make sense. Jesus, others, and you. If you put it the other way, if you go Y-O-J, you go Yoj. Right? But when you hear joy, you think Jesus first, others second, and me last. So we should be other centered. In 2 Timothy 2, verse beginning with verse 2, and the things that you have heard from me, this is Paul right into Timothy, a younger believer. Paul was an older believer. And he's saying to Timothy, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So Paul was building into the life of Timothy. Timothy was building into the life of others. Who are you building into? Who am I building into? Pray for that. Somebody that you're working with. Women with women, men with men that you're building in. Building into now Jesus in Matthew 23 talks about in verse 11, but he who is the greatest among you shall be your servant. He who's the greatest among you. You want to be great? Be the best servant you can. Because the scorecard is God's scorecard. 
And he says the rules is, if you want to be the best, be the lowest. Wow. (laughs) That goes totally against the world system, right? But God says, he who's the greatest among you shall be your servant. How you doing, team? How we doing? How we doing serving the body of Christ? How we doing serving the people who don't know Christ yet? What kind of example are we? Are we giving other people hope? Are we building into other lives? Next letter in that word hope is P. Romans 12, beginning with verse 12. Rejoicing in hope. Rejoicing in hope. Do you rejoice or do you get down in the dungeon and gloomy when things are adverse? Or do you have a hope that supersedes a natural hope? It's a supernatural hope. It says here, rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Boy, patient in tribulation. How do you become patient in tribulation when we are counting on microwaves, fast food restaurants, uh, instant? Oh, this, it took a second and a half for me to pull up this stuff on a computer. Took me a second and a half. Wow. Patience. Patience is one of the gifts that you and I are given when we accept Jesus Christ and as we continue to grow in our relationship with him as one of the fruits of the Spirit. Do we continue steadfastly in prayer? No show of hands, no shaking of heads, but can you think of right off the top of your head Five people that you're praying for are five situations. Can you think of four? Can you think of three? Can you think of two? Can you think of one? So the challenge, let's step up our game. Let's put somebody on the prayer list if we don't have anybody. Let's be steadfast in prayer. Ephesians 6.18, praying always. Hmm, doesn't say pray once a week. Pray only on Sundays and Wednesdays. No, it says praying always with all prayer. How about praying just when things are going good? It doesn't say that. Praying when only things are going bad. No, it doesn't say that. It says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Are you guys and girls praying for the people in this church that are right next to you right now? You know, as you're listening, you can be doing that. You know, there's spiritual multitasking. Did you know? You can be listening and praying that the person next to you is being blessed by God's Holy Spirit through his word. Notice that word perseverance. We need perseverance. We need perseverance more now than ever before. In Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for no... Isn't this nice? Watch. Be anxious... For nothing. I feel so nice. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with groaning, with worry, with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. I have no clue why I'm going through this right now, but I know you're there and you're God, and we're going to get through this thing together. Because the resume of the saints that have been walking this earth for a while will tell you, just wait. 
It'll be on your resume. You can look back and see how faithful God was during that time of trials and tribulation. Let your requests be made known to God. Everybody, small, big, let God know. He can handle. And then we get to our last E, Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, you don't think Joshua had a problem with this, right? If you know the story of Joshua, you don't think he had a problem with this? When he was told now, hey, Josh, you're taking over Moses' spot, the guy you've been hanging with for the past 40 years. Now you got to go into Israel, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. You know what, Joshua, he didn't say, well, God, I can't do this. I'm only one man. You know, 40 years earlier, Joshua, with a guy named Caleb, was one of the tw- two of the 12 spies that went into the land to check it out. And Joshua and Caleb came back with thanksgiving, with courage, with a good report. And the other 10, the majority, the majority, the majority, those other 10 said, no, we can't go in there. There's giants in the land. There's giants. Check the resume. There was a little dude. He was a teenager with five rocks and a sling. And he had one rock and a sling. He didn't even need the other five, but he was ready for Goliath's five brothers. And he had the one. And God had prepared him through trials and tribulations, from working out in the fields, from being in the heat, but having sand blown in his face by having a pasty mouth, by seeing the wolves and the bears. And he would practice hidden trees with the slingshot. Then he saw some bears are coming or or threats to his sheep. And he would use that slingshot. He had a lot of practice. And then this giant comes at him. In control. Been bragging. It's the Muhammad Ali of the Philistine army. Send me out somebody to fight. I'll kick his butt. And then we'll be in charge. And David, what did David do? Little guy. Pair of shorts. Probably sandals or barefoot and tan, buff. He's a teenager. He was cool. Who are you? you uncircumcised Philistine to come against the armies of the living God. And Goliath probably goes, look at this little punk. I could drop kick him. Armies of the living God, they're all hiding in the tents. I can see him way back there. You're the only nut job that's out here. And David takes his stone. Bang. Down. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, 
nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How is your relationship with the living God? One-on-one. How much time do you spend with him? How much time do you sing his praises? How much time do you read his word? The more time you do that, the more accurate your aim is. That nothing that comes against you will prosper because you have God on your side waiting for the next battle. In Colossians 2, 2, it says that their hearts may be encouraged. There's that word again, encouraged. Being knit together in love. Do you see your love growing? It should be a direct part of your relationship with Christ. I have a friend of mine who was in a dentist office. And she was talking to the dentist who she knows, but there was like two or three assistants in there, his assistants. And she was just saying, yeah, I've been really praying more and and reading the word. And it's amazing. The more you get closer to God, the more you really see the sin in the world and how much is going on and how bad it is. And then she said, boy, I didn't even think about that when I was saying that to him. I wasn't thinking about the people in the room. I wasn't, think, I wasn't embarrassed, but I just said it naturally. The dentist got the drill into No, he was a Christian. He was a Christian. Everything was cool. He was a Christian. But he even said, you know, I never thought of that, that as we get close to the Lord, we're going to be more aware of things that are going on. So that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. And then in Acts 11, it says, when he came and he had seen the grace of God, he was glad. Do you recognize God's grace? Do you recognize his mercy in your lives with things that go on individually in your life or maybe with your family? Just his faithfulness. Are you glad when you see that? And encourage them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. And as we close today, I just want to um, encourage you, as, long, as well as myself, that we have a purpose here on this earth. That purpose is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We are United States American citizens, but our citizenship is temporary here. Our real citizenship is in heaven if you're a believer of Christ. And to wrap this up, continue with the Lord, regardless of how difficult things may seem in your life. Continue with him because he's faithful and true. He'll see you through. Remember, when Adam and Eve sinned, God was there. And cover them. When uh, Moses and two million or more Israelites had their back against the Red Sea and they could see the dust of Pharaoh's army coming, God was there and opened up the sea. We talked about David. Didn't look too good for the Israel army. But God was there with a young guy 
Everybody was cheering. Everybody was dancing when they arrested Jesus. The Pharisees were having conniption fits. They couldn't believe what was going on. They were loving every moment of him getting his stripes and being punched in the face. They loved it. They were cheering. The mob was just handling it. They couldn't believe it. And then when they saw him hanging on the cross and they saw the nails and the blood and the crown, even the thief on one side was mocking him. But God was right there and there was another thief who said, no, this is wrong. This isn't right. Jesus, remember me. And God gave him hope, didn't he? He said, today, you will be with me in paradise. And then they put him in the tomb. Day one, grieving, anxiousness, stress. We were hanging with him for three years. What happened? We got this all wrong. Day two. Their hope was dead, it seemed. But then, day three. The stone was rolled away. Not from the outside, but from the inside, by the dead guy. Wasn't dead anymore. He's alive. He's risen. He's a God of adversity. He's a God when everything, you're backed into a corner and there's no hope. Hope shows up. Jesus is real. He's alive. Last slide. Be anxious for nothing, as that scripture said. Don't be anxious. Give it to the Lord. We know what's coming. If you've been studying prophecy, you know what's coming. If you don't know what's coming, start studying prophecy. Pastor Joe's in the book of Revelation. You think God put that on Pastor Joe's heart for coincidence? I don't think so. You think Pastor Paul is in the book of Joe just by coincidence? I don't think so. And then finally, just focus on Jesus. You can be like Peter, right? Looking at the storm, looking at the waves, and start sinking. But Peter said, help. Jesus, the hope of the world, brought him up. Today, you might be here. You might be on the internet. And you might be playing games with God. Don't. Don't do that. Wise up. Put your hope and your trust in him. Lean on him. Talk to him. Read his love book, the Bible. Listen. Apply. Don't just listen. Apply. Build into another person's life. Invest in each other. Pray for one another. Focus on Jesus. Could be today for you. Could be today for all of us. Who knows the day or the hour? Only God knows. But be ready. We're going on a ride one day. If we don't die, that's going to be out of this world. Amen? Let's pray. You've been listening to 
to every generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.